All your base are belong to us. Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from from a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy, I'm a writer, and I am having some kind of allergy response. I still have eczema on my face. I'm the most gorgeous girl you know. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous girls have <laughs> eczema on their face. That's right. I'm Mary, I'm a marketer, and uh, I've done more than Missy, but it's not much because I because Fruits Baskets is long, guys. Yeah, have you heard about this? It's, it's really long. long. I read a big chunk of it. I went to Disney, and I went to read a big chunk of it in line at Disney. So if you saw some girl reading some anime when you were at Disney, it was probably me. Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't a big titty anime. Racy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in the middle of a lot of things, is the thing. I'm in the middle of a long book. I'm in the middle of watching Harlots, and I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. but like I'm not very far into Final Fantasy fourteen. That you can give like a this is my thoughts yeah like it's an like as far as i am into final fantasy 14 it's an mmo baby <laughs> i go i go to a place i talk to a person i go somewhere else i talk to somebody else i kill some monsters that's it that's what i'm doing so like what is there to say um but on our next what we've been up to i should have like actually some things to say and like i stalled midway through uh I was rewatching season four of Legends of... Oh, I can actually talk about season seven of Legends of there Tomorrow. You go. Now we have the same amount. I'm, re- I'm rewatching season four of Legends of Tomorrow. I've been on the second to last episode for like three weeks now because I have to watch so much Fruits Basket. Um, I did start... There's 25... Sorry, there's 25 episodes, right? Of... of, fruit, of the fr- there's original? 26. 26. Okay, I just want to make sure because I was kept looking and like some of them were like there's a hundred and I was like what but I think that's the new that's one. the new and one it is finished yes there's like a movie and there's like some other stuff yeah. too but let's just talk about the main but I was getting confused and I so I wanted to double check that yeah no you're 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 good okay um so yeah I'm in the middle of a bunch of stuff and that's it that's the, that's the story the of my life of that's the truth nothing but the truth nothing but the truth so do you help you fruits basket so help me fruits basket do you want to go first you want me to go first i'll go first okay i read hook line and sinker which is the second book of um it happened w- one summer i think is what it was by tessa bailey um i talked about it a while ago um it's the one where the main character is essentially um alexis from schitt's creek and it is adorable book that's like low stress high payoff really sweet and this one was even better i was super pumped for this book because um this book is about um her sister hannah and her sister hannah uh, works in hollywood and she's like music obsessed but she's just working as an assistant at this point but she's obsessed with music like she's particularly obsessed with like records and things like that and when she goes with her sister to this town in washington in the last book she meets now the boyfriend of her sister's best friend and um, he's definitely a man whore and so they don't really sleep together they don't get together but what you find out is after they leave they've kind of kept up this text friendship and um, when I read that that the next one's going to be about her and the best friend I was just so pumped I was like yes the music obsessed girl with the boy who thinks he doesn't deserve anyone yes this is exactly what I want and it was exactly what I want it was another low stress high payoff (laughs) super sweet book so what happens is she um convinces the production team of this of the movie she's working on to go film 
in the town that um, her sister lives in and her and her father used to live in. Um, it's like a, a fishing town in, in Washington, somewhere in Washington. And she's also in love with the director, who just sounds gross. And um, so they go there, and she ends up staying with the friend. I can't remember his name because I never remember names. And they have to deal with this sexual tension. And it's 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 really good because the whole time it deals with it does a really good job in dealing with like really serious topics in a very lighthearted way. So one of the things that they deal with specifically with the guy is he sleeps around a lot and he, the whole time Hannah's there, who he really cares about, everyone's like, don't sleep with her. Don't you like, don't do that to her. Don't do that to her. Don't sleep with her. Essentially telling him he's not good enough for her. And he has to deal with that. And, and like, having to deal with the fact that everyone's essentially and even his best friend is saying don't sleep with her like please even though he's told them all he won't and like dealing with that trauma of his father that caused that and his mother that caused that and her Hannah's way of like addressing it was just so good and so mature and while I'm reading this silly romance book it was just it was so good and they listened to everything she has like a song for everything and songs for like feelings and I don't know it was just so good it was so sweet um I liked it I I liked the other one too but this one was definitely I liked it more um I don't know it was just the way that they dealt with his baggage was I thought done really well um and it's another one of those ones where it's like I'm not going through the same things as Hannah and I'm not going the same through the same things as him but like the the feelings that they deal with are like, you still feel like you can relate really well to certain aspects of these people and like gets you invested. And I thought that was really well done. And so I listened to this book in less than two days and um, I legitimately was thinking about re-listening to it while I worked the other day um, because I loved it so much. Tessa Bailey writes just fun, fun books. Um, And I need to, I need to get, read more of her um she also has a very funny tiktok in which she fully just leans into um is this indulgent yes is this unrealistic yes is this maybe semi-illegal yes am i gonna write it here i go like i she just leans into that and i think that's that's great like lean in but she still makes it feel real Mm -hmm. so um I really appreciate it. I was so excited for this book. I got it the day it came out, and I was not disappointed. Yeah. Nice. I'm huffing that Vicks Vapor Rub. I wa- Okay. Have you heard of this guy, Alfred Hitchcock? Never. He makes banger movies. We watched North by Northwest. Uh, in this case, the movie jar giveth. The movie jar does not take it away. This movie was great. Anything you've heard about North by Northwest being good, heed it. It was awesome. Um, so this is a movie about uh, this man who's played by Cary Grant. Um, he is like, he works on, he's an ad guy. He's an ad guy. You know what I mean? The mad men. Mad men. He's the mad men. He's the man. The mad man. Um, the absolute mad man. He, uh, he is out to lunch. He is kidnapped by some guy and he's bought, he's brought to this mansion and they're like, you're George Kaplan. And he's like, I am super not George Kaplan. Leave me out of whatever's going on. They're like, that sounds like something George Kaplan would say. 
And then they like force him to drink a bunch of bourbon and then drive a car so that it'll look like he dies in a drunk driving accident. But he happens to he happens to make it out of that. Um, and uh, he you know, he gets home and the police are like, you could have killed somebody. He's like, you don't understand. They tried to kill me. And they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. Uh, they take him back to the mansion as like part of the investigation. And it's like and everybody there is like. Oh, yeah, he just came for a party. No big deal. And he's like, I did not. I did not come for a party. Why are you lying? So he goes to the United Nations and he meets with with this man and uh, the man gets stabbed and everybody thinks he did it. So now there's a manhunt for him. And he's like, I literally am just a guy. I'm just an ad guy. Like, why is this happening to me? Um, And this is like a, a mild spoiler for like the first third of the movie. But it's revealed that the guy, the like guys that are after George Kaplan, who they think is uh, Roger Thornhill is the actual name of the main character. Um, They are some spies, basically. And Kaplan is made up. He's not a real person, but he's like a red herring that the FBI has thrown out. So they've made up this persona of George Kaplan. And the, the spies believe that he is George Kaplan, that Thornhill is the George Kaplan. And are pursuing him with the intent to kill him, not knowing that the FBI <laughs> made Kaplan out. So it's uh, it's like Thornhill is basically just stuck. The uh, the the government won't help him because they're like, actually, it's to our benefit to have somebody chasing you down, and he can't convince the spies that he's not really George Kaplan. So he has nothing and no one to help him, and everybody he knows in his real life is like. <laughs> Well, I guess you're a drunk loser. <laughs> so he's just totally on his own. And like this could be really depressing or really scary, but Thornhill himself as a character is really funny. Like he's really sarcastic and really like bitter and funny about everything, which makes it super fun to watch. Um it plays out and I th- if I remember correctly it was intentional. It almost feels like a James Bond movie, but with less like shooting and suaveness because like yes Thornhill's like very suave and charming and funny but the difference is that he's not competent because he's not a spy everybody just thinks he's a spy Thornhill sounds like the place you send your child to boarding school and it's actually haunted (laughs) yeah um but we had a blast watching North by Northwest it was super super good um, totally worth watching. It was a lot of fun and I really, really liked it. I've generally liked all of the Hitchcock movies that I've seen. Um, he, you know, he certainly has a reputation as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time for a reason. Um, but like I genuinely enjoy all of his movies now. I've seen Psycho, The Birds, Vertigo, and North by Northwest. I think I was supposed to watch I was supposed to watch both North by Northwest and Rear Window for a class and I didn't watch either of them. But I've genuinely enjoyed all of his movies that I've seen and I would highly recommend North by Northwest, especially like if you followed our James Bond series, uh, I feel and you enjoyed any of the James Bond movies, I feel like you'd probably get a kick out of North by Northwest. Um I should watch I put it on my yeah, I, I think you would probably like it. There, I could watch that with Bob. That'd be a good one. For yeah, me. it's it's super super fun. The writing is great. Um, the the famous scene with the crop duster is really good. Um, it was just enjoyable all around. I watched an equally um, iconic, iconic, good, mm. classic, mm-hmm. 
critically acclaimed piece of cinema. cinema. Not just not just movie. This is cinema. Cinema. I watched the first three Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so my husband was watching it, and I was like, you know what? Let's stay in bed most of the day and watch Fast and the Furious because I'm a good wife. <laughs> and we did. And well, we watched two, and then we watched third one the next day. You're um, almost to where it gets good. Third one was good. Yeah. I okay. First one, fine. It's fine. It's a racing movie. It's room. You get what you ask for. Um, and racing is cool. Uh, the second one, it's, I think the movies are vastly improved if you find Paul Walker attractive, which I do yeah. not. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the second one, bad. Not I don't great. remember the second one at all. Uh, it was like uh, he's Paul Walker's on the run from the police okay. and that's really all i remember um there's more racing oh and the one guy is in it and he has an eclipse and i used to have an eclipse <laughs> um so that was cool representation is representation important is important eclipse owners eclipse owners they don't make those cars anymore i don't think um it was a fun car uh it really didn't look like my car so it didn't really matter i remember mary's eclipse bottoming out all the time yeah, uh, and it, the turn radius on it is non-existent. But I would like you to know that I could parallel parallel park that car like the best parallel parker. I'm actually, I haven't done it in a while, but I'm really good at parallel parking. <laughs> uh, and it's not a joke. I really am. I had I worked in Seattle and had to street park for like a long time. And one of I Mary's got, hidden talents. Yeah, one of my hidden talents. I should have used that on like two truths and a lie at work. Um that would have been a good one because no one ever believes anyone can parallel park. It's true. Um, but I would, I got good because I had to learn how to parallel park that car. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I don't remember much. I remember it wasn't very good. And then we watched the third one, which is Tokyo Drift, which takes place long after the movies. Um, yeah, it, it's confusing. Long after the ones that I have watched. Yeah. Uh, I guess long is relative, but we'll just leave it at that. Um, You'll understand when yeah. you get there. It was originally not like connected, if I remember correctly, but then they brought Han into the rest of the movies because Han's the best part of Fast and the Furious. The, the worst but part. But he does die at yeah. the end. The worst part of these movies, besides him dying, is the main character. He oh sucks. Oh, God, he sucks so he bad. He sucks. I feel like they're like, they thought they knew who Ryan Atwood was, but they didn't. And the guy in real life sucks, too. Does he? Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, that was the worst part of it. The girl, the girl in it is what's her name from? Uh, she's one of the sirens in Vampire Diaries. Oh, she's the real evil one. Not okay. The, yeah, she's the original okay. siren we meet. Um, well, I'm so glad I have that touchstone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. I thought it was way more interesting. I think what's interesting about Tokyo Drift is the drifting, the drifting, right? And Han, it's yeah, and Han. It is really, it's it's way more fun to watch than someone driving in a straight line. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like the most interesting thing about that is like the weird cutscenes they have of them shifting. Which, if you've ever driven a stick, I don't know. I don't race, so maybe I'm wrong. But like, you go ten seconds, you really only need to shift like. At most, like four times, and that's probably you probably are only shifting once or twice. Um, well, I guess you're going really fast, so you're probably shifting at least three times. Um, They're all the way up in like eleventh gear, and it's like ten minute, ten minute long scenes of ten second drives. <laughs> Anyways, 
it was uh it was really interesting not interesting it was really fun to watch one of the things that was interesting is when he's practicing how to drift there's these two older men on the pier and apparently according to my husband they're like old school drifters oh yeah and that they had in the in the movie and all of the all of the um there's only one CGI scene in the whole movie. Nice. Um, because like there was that is not true of the later movies. There, so I in the second one, it's like om- almost all CGI, and it looks awful. <laughs> it looks so bad. It looks so terrible. Um, and so I guess they said in the new one there will be no car CGI. There's only one CGI scene, and that's when they're driving through the middle of like I think Tokyo, and um, they didn't want to actually you know drive through. An entire crowd of people. Yeah, which means the one scene I had seen of any Fast and Furious when they're drifting down the the circular um, road in the parking garage mm-hmm. was all I had seen. But that was truly done. They really did that. I can't believe that that's the only scene that you've because like there's some wild stuff yeah. in the later movies. Well, that's the only one in the in Tokyo Drift. Oh, I see. In I see. Tokyo I see. Drift. It's they. He said no CGI in this movie. No, no. I mean, I can't believe that's the only Fast and the Furious scene that you had seen. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's because, the only scene I had seen. Because there's some Buck Wild stuff later that I feel like would I'm go around more. Pretty sure I only saw that because one of our friend's brothers may have played it. Oh, that tracks. That um, tracks. Because, but that's the only thing I could think of why I would have seen it. You weren't just out here googling coolest yeah. scene in Fast and Furious. <laughs> Tokyo the only uh, besides that, my other reference to Fast and Furious is the tram ride in Universal Studios. <laughs> um, you go into the little thing, and there's the Fast and the Furious section, and it is fun. Okay, this is what I have learned. The Fast and the Furious rides are much maligned forever but the one in california is supposed to be better than the one in florida it's not really like a ride though it's it's a it's a moment but now that you have seen fast and the furious can you understand why people might be angry that the fast and the furious ride involves you sitting on a bus no you can't no if these people drive weird shit i no, but like if you're gonna go on a ride called the fast and the furious wouldn't Listen. you think that you would go fast or furious? I mean, you are going fast, but you are just, it's like all, you're like in the, in the room. And so everything's, go, you are going, you're going as fast as the other cars are going. <laughs> um, and it's like on a thing where it's like, it, you're, the tram is in a little home. A little home. home. I don't know what you call it. And then it's all like a screen on both sides. So you are going fast. You're just literally not, literally not moving. You are going fast. (laughs) Going so fast. We'll stay. And I'm like, and like, we're getting a helicopter land on us or something like that. We're jumping over bridges. Like it felt very fast and furious. So you would think it would be like a roller coaster. I just think it was one of the things they put, put in there. Um, It's an hour long event, not fast and furious, the tram ride. So, oh, right. It's completely different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's at Florida. It's just a ride. Like, oh, no, you just go. They don't have that at Florida. So like you just go onto this. Oh, yeah. Because I don't film in Florida. A universal. Yeah, it's 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 just it's a ride. You have to stand in line for and that's it. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> you just get you get on the tram and then you pretend to go fast. No. Yeah. No, this is like we're on the tram and we go into the little building and um, first we go into the club. Yeah, and there's ladies in the club. Of course, you have to have the ladies. And then you find out um, someone's cell phone goes off, and then now the police can track it. So we have to run. 
from mm-hmm. the police and then we are um i don't know there's like they hitch on to us and we have to like fling a car over the bridge of course and then and then either before or after that you also go into the same little not the same home but a different little home little building mm-hmm. and uh we king kong and a tyrannosaurus rex um fight over the bus of course and that one's actually produced by peter jackson wow the 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 part of that ride so um tram rides wild I, yeah, it's a wild ride. I've not been to Universal Studios California, so it's fine. It's it's it doesn't have like a ton of rides, and if it's busy, it's the rides are all the rides except for the tram ride are really 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 short, mm-hmm. um, which is not true of Disney for the most part. Um, but they're really really short, but they're cool. But the tram ride is just cool. Like um, they took it out, but for a really long time they had the old Whoville stuff in there, mm-hmm. and it looked awful. Like it looked like who, dystopia Whoville to the point it became a thing. Like it's it's like sad now that it's gone because it became a whole. Let me see. If, I'll see if I can find a picture while you're going. But uh, anyways, yeah, Fast and the Furious. It was fine. I'll be watching the others. Uh, it definitely I gets better. I can see why people have these as comfort movies. Yeah, it gets better. The the series does. Um, I still don't love it, but it does get better. Um, now I'm about to reveal something about myself that a lot of people might not know. And that is, I'm not a person who watches reality TV with like any regularity. And to be honest, I find a lot of the like, I find a lot of reality TV really boring. Like if it's like like stuff like keeping up with the Kardashians or like the Osbournes one or like ones that are just like, look at these people living. I find that pretty dull. But I have a thing for a high concept uh, reality TV game show. That like if if there is like a game show element, if it's high concept, like I watched The Bachelor for a while when I was a teenager, and like, eh, it didn't grab me as much. But let me tell you about the mole. I love the mole. I watched The Masked Singer for several seasons. I've since given up on The Masked Singer, but you know, um, but there is a show that just started, and I got an ad for it on Instagram, and I don't know how they found me with this ad, but what the show is, this is called The Courtship, and it is, what if The Bachelorette but Regency. It's just a Regency LARP, but it's The Bachelorette. I have not heard of this. I'm going to Google it right now. So it's like, it's literally just like, so it's like the, the main contestant, the girl, she who's The Bachelorette, essentially. She and her family move into this like mansion. They wear Regency outfits and they have all of these men come to court her. And like they have to be approved by the family, and like they have a dance and stuff. Someone watched Bridgerton and said, "Yeah, I can literally, do that. literally." Like they use that kind of like they do in Bridgerton. They have like the string covers of pop songs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that in the show as well. Um, so it's literally just reality show Bridgerton or Regency LARP, but The Bachelorette. Um, and the first episode here's so here's the less interesting or the the less exciting part. I love this as a concept. I'm like, yeah. I, I told my husband, like, I always say I'm going to watch this stuff and then I never do. So he set it to record and we sat our asses down in front of the TV and watched the show. Um, and the first here's OK. This, the first episode was OK. I like the concept a lot. Um, I'm here for that. I wish. Well, first of all, uh, all the shade to the men on this show who didn't do any research. Like there was one guy who like he had to be being fed a line by the producers or something with the way that he dropped the Jane Austen quote. But like what like just watch the the Kiera Knightley Pride and Prejudice film. Lean in, lean into this woman and say, you have bewitched me body and soul. You win. 
And then even you don't even have to say that. Just hold her hand and then walk away flex, and, and flex. flex that hand. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> you'll be you'll be good to go. You'll be golden. Yeah. Instead, like I don't know that you got to put in a little more effort than that. Just just watch the Kier. Like you get to look at Kier Knightley. People like Kier Knightley, right? I like Kier Knightley. Sure. Um, but uh, so there's that. The other problem I have with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch another episode because I want to give it another shot. I want to see them like arguing with each other and falling off of horses and stuff like it's still got promise um the other problem is that i love a romance story right i don't read a lot of romance but like i I like romance and i just generally speaking i like there to be like some other element to the story some other genre piece to the story like a time heist like a time heist um the problem with shows like this with reality shows specifically, I mean, and dating reality shows in particular, is that usually they want you to root for The Bachelorette, right? And the problem with that is that they want to make her as likable as possible. And that's just not interesting to me. Like, Regency should be bitchy see. I want her, like, like, uh, why can't I remember her name? The main character, Lizzie Bennett. Lizzie, <laughs> Lizzie Bennett <laughs> is not a perfect character. That's the point, right? She's witty, She's but she's acerbic. She's judgmental. She's the prejudice and pride and prejudice. She's also the pride and pride and prejudice. Like, come on. Um, she has all of these qualities that make her really compelling because she doesn't always do the right thing. And she's, yeah, she's clever and she's beautiful, blah, 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 blah. But like, she also has all of these qualities that make her interesting. They don't want that in a reality show protagonist. They just want you to, to root for her. So she's like, she's so smart and she's so pretty and she's funny and she's nice and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. I'm not here to watch a nice person. You know, that's not a story watching a nice person but a lot of people don't want to watch people that aren't they'll they but the thing is though i think that's untrue because people love to hate people yeah i it's not even i think i don't want her to suddenly like take a heel turn and be despicable i just would like a little texture you know i want her to be like you know actually kind of like having these guys fight over me what if i play that up a little bit like yeah yeah girl that's what i want to see i think we need to watch love is blind because i feel like that happens i hear a lot and like uh love island yeah, I hear a lot about these things. I love, I love a bit of trash. Um, I have not watched Love is Blind, but I have seen clips of the very bad man everyone hates, and I too hate him. I just, I'm hoping that with time, the courtship, there will be a little more drama. I know the men are fighting. There will be some, some man fights, um, which is fine. But I want a little more texture from my heroine here. I want to see her do a bad thing or think a bad thing. Um, or be rude and instead it's just like no she's so beautiful and so charming and so kind and so elegant and so smart and I'm just like yeah that's great that's great that's great I want to see her push someone or something (laughs) down the stairs down the stairs into a pond off a horse I don't care I want to see some bad behavior um bad girls club at regency yeah that would slap (laughs) uh I just it's not bad and I will give it at least one more episode because I want to see some of the some of the drama, but like the first episode was kind of dull, um, which is a shame. It w- there there were some very funny parts, but like first episodes are all of things are always. It's hard. true. There is one man who's extremely handsome, and she should marry him. That's my opinion. I can't remember his name. Um, there's one person that she clearly likes the most, but they didn't spend a lot of time together. Um, it is great though. So like the the elimination for this show is not just like oh you give a rose. It's you have six dance tickets or oh dance. You have six dance cards, 
and or at least in the first episode you have six dance cards to hand out and those are the like your bottom six and you have to eliminate three of them and the way that the way that they determine it is you go you do a dance together and then you have your like deep conversation about staying while you're doing this like regency dance and everybody's looking at you um and then she makes the decision about who's going home so i feel like if you fail the dance you should go home well, there was one conversation where the guy was kind of a dick and he did get sent home. Mm. Um, but he was, they just stopped dancing because I think he was like, I cannot dance and have this conversation. I was like, well, go home, man. That's what Keep we're, it together. That's what we're here for. Keep it together. Um, I'm not here to watch people have a conversation. I want to watch you dance <laughs> and I want to watch you play polo. I want to watch you picnic in a boat. I don't want to watch you standing around talking. There you are really other shows Bridgerton. for that. I know Bridgerton is in the jar. Um, it's just we had uh, Grace and Frankie seven seasons long. Yeah, so. that's really long. Harlots is only three. Harlots is three, yeah, and it's only eight episodes a season. Yeah, so. I don't think I've watched the third one, but I, I can't remember. There's parts of it. I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the courtship shows promise. I'm not going to recommend it yet, but if you like a trashy dating show and you like just to look at people in pretty dresses and outfits then like it's for you that's for you like get in on it get on it get in on it now before something wild happens later in the season then everybody tunes in you can be the one to tell everybody to watch the courtship i'm not going to tell you to watch the courtship because it hasn't won me over yet we're still in the courtship phase <laughs> we're, we're seeing they're how, still courting you they're still courting me we'll see how it goes but that one man is very hot so <laughs> um I read the last thing I have terms and conditions, which is also a sequel to another series. Um, this is a sequel to fine print, which was um, a story, the book about essentially Disneyland. It's called dream world instead of Disney world. But um, so this one is about the, the one of the other brothers who um, the premise is um, there's going to be three books. And the premise is uh, um, the essentially Walt Disney of the, of the, of the story. Their, their grandfather passed away and they all have a task to cr- to complete to get the inheritance um, and the position in the company. Um, but bef- until they do these things, they they can't have the inheritance or the position. So this one is about one of the brothers, um, Declan, and he has to get married and have a child before he can get his inheritance and be a CEO. And so he doesn't date because he's stereotypical CEO and dates his his work <laughs> he does not sleep around i'm gonna write a galatea story where a man who's married to his work one day shows up to work and his work is his, <gasps> is his wife like he has a wife now and it's his work i would read that i would 100 <laughs> percent read that anyways so in this one um you kind of meet him and his his secretary um iris um, his secretary Iris um, you kind of get like there's like obviously some chemistry there but um, nothing had happened and so when he finds out that he has to marry somebody and have a baby she interviews a ton of women to find a wife for him <laughs> and have a baby for him uh, and he it's like there's a contract that it would be like an in vitro situation like he essentially this is a marriage of convenience so he can get his money the girl backs out last minute and Iris being very dedicated to her boss says, we'll just do it. I'll just marry you. Like I have nothing better to do. (laughs) So like you need this inheritance. It's only for two years. I'll I'll have a baby. Fine. 
and you could tell like there's that he he's like we can't do this because he clearly likes her but he refuses to let himself like her because he's not good enough for her and um yeah so they get married and they surprise fall in love and it's really great and one of the one of the main things that it deals with is iris she you find out she um is dyslexic and it like severely hindered her education she was held back she almost didn't graduate she had to work twice as hard um her mom had to hire tutors and things like that and so and she doesn't let declan know no one really knows except for her best friend which happens to be one of the other brothers um who is just great and i can't wait for his book um he is just a silly boy uh i've i've learned that while i I love like the villainous mean guys i love stupid himbos who does it? I love them. Like I love them so much. We love a himbo. I, like Cassian, I love him. We love I a love himbo him so much. Uh, like a protective himbo. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I want. Anyways, um, so and then you find out the whole time that Declan knew because his mom had the same issues, and he was able he was able to pinpoint it. So he did things to like make her life easier, even though he was like everyone was afraid of her. So like one of the things that he would yell at people for if they didn't use times new roman there was some font and it comes out that he, he makes everyone use that font because it's easier for people with dyslexia to read with serifs i think it is mm. i can't remember if it's sans serifs or with i think it's with serifs um and like all and like he all he doesn't email her he leaves voice memos and comes and talks to her because it's easier for her to like remember those things and all this really cute stuff and then he's really awful to her and like <laughs> has to and has to like make it up to her and it was just really cute and I'm reading this while I'm in Disneyland and it was just vibing. It, wow, it was such a vibe and it's not a short book, but it's a really super easy read. So I like literally read it all. <laughs> I was like sitting on the balcony of my hotel room, looking at Disneyland, reading about these two idiots. And I just, at first, when I first got it, cause it just came out, I wasn't like, I was like, I don't know if I want to read. Cause I'm not huge on fake dating. Like I like it. It's fine. But it's not one of those tropes. That's like, for me. Yeah. I'm not like, here we go. Fake dating. <laughs> That's me rubbing my hands together. If like, it's like yes. texting. Yeah. If it's just like falling in love with your brother's best friend. Yeah. I'm here for it. Fake dating. Like, yeah, this is good. Let's go. Um, but it was really good. It was, you know, grumpy man. How? to learn that he's actually lovable and can has the capacity to love and iris has to be like i actually shouldn't be working for this man because i am taken advantage of and i'm so much better um than uh than what i'm doing like she 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 essentially she's only ever been in this secretary she just she doesn't have a college education she's really good at what she does um, but she doesn't have any other qualifications and he pays her like super well. So she's kind of like stuck at this job mm-hmm. and then they get married. And it's one of those things where it's like, you can't be in a real marriage and like work for somebody, um, which you find out definitely happens. And so it was just really cute and I loved it. Um, I didn't like it as much as fine print, but I still liked it a lot. So fine print was just so good it was so good um but yeah i i really liked it i liked iris a lot i love i can't wait for the next brother's book it's gonna be good his his uh task is that he has to talk to an (laughs) ex-girlfriend so we'll see the whole thing is like the grandpa knows like what they need to do to be happy like in fine print he had to go be a director of something at 
dreamland and create something new and the board had to approve it and it was really good because it ended up being like medicare or uh insurance for everybody and everybody gets a raise and i was like yes this is great this is exactly what i wanted and this one is you know you have to be learn that you can love and to be loved so um and then they have a bunch of children because she wants a bunch of children and he's like well, we only said one. She's like, I know I can have them with other people. And he's like, absolutely not. You may not have them with other people. So yeah, it was good. I liked it. Nice. And that was by Lauren Asher. I don't know if I said that. Um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow season seven just ended. Um, it was here, here. This is the overview. It was better than season six. It's not as good as season four and five. But what is? But what is? Like what can top that? Nothing. Nothing on God's green earth can top seasons, especially season four of Legends of Tomorrow, the perfect, the perfect television season. Um, this season, it was definitely, it was definitely stronger. And I think a lot of season six was hurt by the fact that it was filmed during the pandemic. So it was, I mean, well, season seven was too, but season six, I think was really restricted by like the number of people that could appear in a given scene. And I think probably the direction of the story rapidly changed midway through the season. Um, also, you know, and uh, having now being in the middle of rewatching season four, I think the show is really hurting without um, Ray and Nora. Uh, I miss them a lot. They brought a lot of good chemistry. Obviously, they're like married in real life. So uh, they brought a lot of good chemistry and a lot of good levity and humor to the show that I, I do think is missing a little bit. Um I I liked this season. I didn't love it, which is okay. Um, there were there was a lot of, of it that I liked. I liked the fact that they couldn't time travel this season. Um, the premise of this season is uh, it's very complicated, but the gist of it is uh, <laughs> the gist of it is they don't have the wave rider anymore, and they are being hunted down by evil alternate robot versions of themselves you know as they as happens to us all sometimes um i liked that i liked that part of it i thought that was cool that they they couldn't time travel all over the place they do get a time travel machine a time machine that's what we call it a time machine they do get a time machine midway through the season because matt ryan is back playing a different character this time an anxious gay scientist um love that for him (laughs) and uh yeah, it's very, it was really enjoyable. There's a lot I really like about it. I really love Spooner. I really love Astra. Astra in the show makes me so happy because, you know, as we know now from Hellblazer, um, Astra was really always just kind of a, a character to kickstart John Constantine's self-hatred, um, which, you know, obviously works for me. But I love the fact that Legends of Tomorrow has made her a major character now and she has her own journey. And also, this is a bit of a spoiler. She is dating Berard, who is my favorite character, and I would die for him. I would do anything for Berard. I would die immediately if he asked me to, and he would never ask me to, and that's why I love him. Um, but what if he did? If he did, I would do it. I would say, yes, Berard, you may live. Um. So yeah, I I really liked it. I thought the end of the season. So okay, this is going to be a major spoiler. So bear with me. The end of the season did something that I have I have talked about always hating, which is surprise magical pregnancy. Oh gosh. So I think it's really interesting, and I want to talk about it because we don't need to do another Legends of Tomorrow episode. Um, at the end of the season, uh, Sarah and Ava want to get pregnant. That's 
they're they're going for it. They want to get pregnant, but the expectation is that Ava is going to get pregnant. She's the one that wants to be pregnant. Um, so th- I think they're doing some kind of artificial insemination or something. I don't know what they're doing. They didn't go through it step by step. <laughs> she has like a big bite. Like it's like fifty people. She's narrowed it down to fifty different people that she would want um, to be the the sperm donor um and that's about where they're at but in last season again as happens to us all sometimes uh sarah gets cloned with an alien and now she has alien dna and the kind the type of alien that she is that she is formed out of uh gets pregnant in a different way and that (laughs) that way's that way's kissing (laughs) so she ends up pregnant Sarah ends up pregnant with literally Ava's baby. Like they literally managed to, ha- they, they managed to, they did it. Yeah, she did, did it. They did the dang thing. They did it. She, she is pregnant with Ava's baby. And, uh, Sarah is freaked out about it. Cause she didn't want to be pregnant. She didn't know she was going to be pregnant. And, she is in the middle of like this very intense mission where they are counting on her ability to heal from any injury. And the baby is currently taking all of that up. So she can't heal. And she doesn't want to tell everybody that she's pregnant because everyone's going to freak out. Mm. Um, So, so you down with this magical pregnancy? I actually, I thought it was smart. I thought it was well executed because it's dealing. So first of all, they're already trying for a baby, Mm -hmm. right? So it wasn't like, surprise yeah it's not it's scary because sarah has other things on her mind like trying to survive this mission um that is counting on her healing ability um but she wants a baby she's not she's just she's surprised by the route that has it has taken by kissing yeah and um so there's there's elements to it that where i'm like this isn't the direction i would have taken it personally um but i think that they've done enough to kind of distance themselves from the stuff that I hate about the magical pregnancy storyline that I'm like, okay, I still don't love it, but the best one you've seen. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can, you know, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. I just consent here. Yeah. of Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought, and, and like, I think the season ends pretty abruptly and season eight has not been ordered yet oh no we're uh, we're on the every, all 10 of us who watch legends of tomorrow on the edge of our seats like okay you can't leave it there um i guess there's a big seat like somebody's trying to buy cw and so like only two of the dc shows have been renewed while mm. this like deal is going through or not going well, through they just put one of the seasons on netflix and maybe the that will boost yeah i'm i'm hoping um and also the end of the season introduced booster gold who i know is a fan favorite um i don't know anything about booster gold but he was quite enjoyable in this episode um booster gold is a dc character in the show he's played by donald Faison, who you may know as turk from scrubs oh my gosh um, and he he was really fun to watch. It was it was really good introduction and yeah, I so I liked this season. Didn't love it as much as the previous one or previous ones. Season six was, eh. um, but overall enjoyable. I am impressed with how they dealt with this magical pregnancy thing. I'm interested to see how it goes from here. Um, also, Nate is leaving or has left. Um, that's the metal man. Man of Steel. I don't know what the hell his character name is. Captain Steel, whatever. Um, he's off the show. The show has a problem with, like, you can tell who's going to leave because they just, like, stop writing that character. They just kind of slowly fade out and then they're gone. 
which is what happened with Constantine. It's what happened with Mick. It's what happened with Ray. Um, and that's a bummer because I, I really like Nate. Um, now he's going to go live in the totem with Zari one, which is good. Good for him. Um, but yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm still watching it. I still enjoy it. Also, it was really cute. They had like this show is just so it's just so sweet. Like I said, during our Legends of Tomorrow episode, it's not that the show's like really, really good so much as it is like a mediocre show from another universe where things are better than they are here. Um, because like uh, Astra and Spooner had this whole conversation like Astra was like trying to play fuck, Mary kill, but in a PG way um, with uh, trying to get a sense of like who Spooner is into and Spooner's like, I'm not really into anybody. And Astra's like, have you considered you might be a- asexual? And Spooner's like, what does that mean? And then Astra tells her and, and Spooner's like happily like, yeah, I think I might be asexual. And it's just really cute and sweet. Like, is it the groundbreaking representation that we need? Not really, but you but know, the sweet one, but it's so sweet and it's so cute. And like, it's just nice to have this show. That's just like, yeah, one of our main characters is asexual and we're going to call it that. You don't have to invent it. You don't have to read it between the lines to figure it out. That's just the word that we're going to use to describe her. And I think that's really nice. And that's my, that's my opinion. I am that, 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 uh, meme of Marge Simpson holding a potato and saying, I just think they're neat. That's me with, <laughs> with Legends of Tomorrow. I just think it's neat. Um, that's it. Nice. Um, so if you liked this episode or any of our episodes, you can find us online at fakegeekgirlscast.com, which has all of our previous episodes, including our Legends of Tomorrow episode, where you can hear me go off about it forever. Um, it also has other stuff on it, if you like that, if you, if you prefer a different topic. Um, it also has a link to our podcast network, Penwich Studio, which has lots of other great shows for you to check out. If you really like it and you're like, oh, my God, I'm dying to hear more about Legends of Tomorrow out of Missy's mouth, or I'm dying to hear more about the Fast and the Furious franchise from Mary, um, you can donate to our Patreon, where for a small donation per month or a large one, whatever you want to do, um, you can get rewards like the postcards that we're going to fill out after we're done with this. And I'm saying this aloud so that I don't forget. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can commission us to do an episode on a topic of your choice. Or you can listen to our episodes be live streamed, which is a nightmare. I'm scared. Don't do it. Um, you can get a- advanced access to our outlines if you're like oh my god i don't want to listen to two hours of this let me just read it (laughs) you can do that too um but it's very helpful and it helps us feel enthusiasm about getting keeping the show going because the thing is you're never going to shut us up um so you might as well give us some money it's true (laughs) that's true next time we are going to be doing the first of our two fruits baskets episodes which is going fruits fruits basket fruits basket fruits basket my tongue does not like fruits basket. We are going to be doing the first one, which is going to cover through chapter 68 and the original anime. After that, we are going to be doing part two, which is going to cover the remaining chapters and the new anime. After that, we're going to be doing Eclipse because I deserve to suffer for my many sins. Uh, and after that, we're going to be doing Saint Maud. And that's it. All right. Catch you on the flip side. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. And yet here we are, in defiance of Lovecraft, laughing through the darkness. 
The Lovely Craftians is an all-ladies Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast with horror, humor, and no small amount of chaos set in an occasionally familiar modern-day Chicago. Brought to you by Wampus House Productions and the Penwich Studio Network, you can find The Lovelies on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcatcher, or anytime over at lovelycraftians.com. And remember, you never roll sanity alone here.